Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Damn Podcast. I'm Adam Sherlock. And I'm Adam Pulcher. And uh, this week? This week we're going to uh, review The Dark Knight. Yeah, the first time that we actually went and watched one in the theater. The new release the, in the theaters. Uh, and IMAX, what, baby. Oh, yeah. Fuck. What else are we doing? We're doing, uh, this is our first installment of our film festival. We're doing Joe Dante Appreciation. And we wanted to do Space, but we couldn't, I was just going to buy it. Both yeah, of us too. were. Yeah. And we went to all, all the different places and nobody had it. So it's in my queue. I'm sure okay. it's in yours. Yeah, I'm sure. We'll, we'll, we'll and so out. this week instead we're doing Explorers because it's one that we both own already. So exactly. it's a pretty <laughs> easy one to do. And then our top five list is going to be our top five, uh, most anticipated movies for the remainder of 2008. I can't wait. What <coughs> I don't know. You said I can't wait? I can't wait. Okay, well... Yeah, uh, anyway. Uh, oh, so let me do... Uh, I have to, we're going to link from Snatch. So last week we did Snatch with Dennis Farina. I just came up with this, and so if it takes me a second, I'm sorry. Uh, last week we did Snatch with Dennis Farina, who was in Get Shorty, with John Travolta, who was in Pulp Fiction... With Samuel L. Jackson, who is in Jackie Brown, with uh, Robert, Robert De Niro, who is in Taxi Driver, with Jodie Foster, who is in Contact with Matthew McConaughey, who is in Reign of Fire, the movie about dragons and bearded men, with Christian Bale. <laughs> as far as dragon uh, fighting movies goes, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tenfold uh, better than Dragonheart. <laughs> you are the last one. <laughs> yeah, I am the last one. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, God. Okay. Dennis well, Quaid's voice in that is like, yeah. For anybody that wants to complain about if, about if about Christian Bale's, well, no. If anybody wants to complain about Christian Bale's voice as Batman in this, <laughs> go watch Dragonheart because he sounds like this through the whole thing. I'll kill every last one of them. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Oh, Dennis Quaid. That's uh, a good tie-in with inner space. Though. Yeah, see, there we go. Again, it's all connected. It's all circular. Okay, well, okay. let's get into The Dark Knight. Yes. Um, hugely anticipated movie of the year. Okay. Oh, I? I have a question to start everything off to okay. Mr. Sherlock. I'm ready. Okay. Um, being so anticipated and a big part being uh, Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, did Heath Ledger's untimely death add a weird nuance to his portrayal as the uh, uh, the vigilante Joker performance, and if so, how is it portrayed differently by either the fans or the media? Mm. Uh, you know, I have to say, I kind of didn't really think about it while I was watching the movie. Yeah. I just really fucking didn't, and I mean, I thought that I was going to be thinking about it, yeah. but it's it, it, it's so it's such an entertaining performance, and it's so just weird it's a fucking weird performance yeah. it's, it, he disappeared into the character that really the only time I thought about it was oh this is sad that we don't get to see this again that was the only part of it that I thought For of sure. but it wasn't it didn't like haunt me no. or like anything like that I, I but I can see what you're saying and I think that I think that there are people that are going to do that there's people that sure. are going to do that anyway I mean you know I've, I've heard complaints from people that are like I just didn't like how unrealistic some of it was. And it's like, it's a fucking Batman movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's a Batman movie. There's Batman's in it, the Batmobile's in it, the Joker's in it, Two-Face's in it. Like, for Christ's sakes, people, it's a comic book movie. This is <laughs> placed like so far into reality as it can possibly be for a bunch of guys in costumes being superheroes. Well, it's like uh, in Spider-Man saying, I just really didn't get 
by him flying through the city. I just, you know, like everything else was okay, but that was like, no, there are certain, there are certain cliches, certain addendums that have to be addressed when you make one of these movies. And if you didn't, then you'd be fucking up the movie. Like there's certain things that have to be that way. And so I, you know, people are going to have those opinions anyway. Exactly. And though I don't think it affects his performance whatsoever, in my opinion, a lot of people, a lot of people do in reminiscence of, well, I guess a little more so for the crow and, Brandon Lee dying, but he got, I guess he kind of died in the middle of it. And the movie, but the movie's also, uh, The Crow is about him coming, dying in the movie and coming back. It'd be different if, like, at the end of The Dark Knight, like, the Joker gets killed. Then it would be kind of like, ooh. You know, that would would maybe be a little bit more. I, I guess it wasn't really more his performance, but kind of in the back of your mind, kind of like. Did it add a, some kind of nuanced creepiness or something? But, you know, I, it didn't really for me. And that it was, just didn't that really was the answer for, that I was looking for. Yeah, because. it just really didn't for me yeah. either. Um, I guess we should uh, talk about this right now. Are we going to do uh, any spoilers for this, or are we just going to... Fuck okay. yeah. Okay. All right. I just I wasn't sure. I okay, so if you haven't seen The Dark Knight, I guess I already spoiled the fact that the Joker doesn't die in it, but, <laughs> so there you go. But... Uh, so if you haven't seen this yet, go see it first, and then come back and listen to the uh, review, and if you think we're full of shit, or you totally agree, email us at adampodcast at gmail.com, or just adampodcast. Woo! Adampodcast.com. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, I let's, I don't know, man, like, I, the one thing I have to say really quick, one of the things I think is really fucking cool about this movie, and, uh, and I'll put Batman Begins in the same, uh, uh, categories this. First of all, no title sequence. Nope. The first one you got all the bats flying by, and then for just a second you saw the symbol. Yeah. And this one you got those awesome blue flames. So cool. So fucking and cool. And then, the and then it just the symbol yeah. kind of comes at you for a second, and then it's gone. And then secondly, uh, PG thirteen, darkest fucking PG thirteen movie yeah, I've ever I'm seen. Kind of surprised. I mean, like like we talked about before, since we saw this together, yeah, we've kind of talked. We about tried it a bit. so hard not to. It was like, yeah, we saw it. Like we had tongues. to drive, drive like twenty five minutes in dead silence back to your house. <laughs> but the uh, but the uh, suggested violence is more of I think. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be graphic. I mean, yeah. the, the the suggestion of it can be can be so much more effective. It's super dark. Though. And here's the other thing I was gonna say. Who the fuck did Christopher Nolan finally talk into letting them call it The Dark Knight? Not, not Batman, Batman yeah. The Dark Knight. Totally. It's just The Dark Knight. It makes so it stunned. even fucking classier. Yeah. That's a really cool thing. Uh, one thing I really thought was really cool um, that Nolan did, one of the many, I mean, we can we can talk about the cool parts for an hour on this movie, yeah, but yeah. one of the things I thought about the movie itself that was really cool was that everyone, Two-Face, Joker, and Batman, all shared pretty close to the same amount of screen time. They really did. I thought so, too. I mean, the the, the story, Harvey Dent's story was equally as important as what Batman was doing, as what the Joker was doing. Yep. And, you know, I, I thought that, in, in my opinion, the entire way that the story unfolded um, was was so interesting to me. The idea of... You know, the Joker is not, and, and this was something really I did not, I didn't know that the, they were going to do this. That the Joker is not the main bad guy, and uh, Two Face, Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. uh, is not the main bad guy. All the gangsters are not the main bad guy. The main bad guy, that, and what makes this movie so interesting, is that what Batman is fighting is the loss of hope. Mm-hmm. That is the main thing that he is fighting is is the loss of hope and the ability 
to keep to 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 keep himself from becoming a true vigilante. I mean, to keep him to keep his own image from actually like like sort of like flipping over to the dark side. It's like this idea of hope and this idea that that this city that he's fighting for can be saved, and that the Joker is just a catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. Well, a I lot mean, of that's times, f- fascinating. Throughout the movie, it's really like like you're saying it's on, it's kind of on on the fence or it's on the edge of being vigilante more than more. You know, he sacrifices himself throughout the movie to do stuff, and so does um, Gary Oldman's character as well. Of course, right, you know? right. Well, and I think actually, I mean, if there is a true hero in the movie, it is Gary Oldman's character of Jim Gordon. That is, yeah. and it's. Fucking more so awesome, than, than the first movie, a lot more so. I think. Well, even I think in this movie, even a lot more so than than the character of of Batman. I think that I think that he, you know, this movie really a lot of it is about the people around Batman. Yeah, well, and and that you know you see the first movie and you, you know you see Batman Begins and you know there's there's an inner, there's an inner struggle and uh, uh, his own inner turmoil and then at the end of it. His answer is, I have to become this thing. I have to become this force, this 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 vigilante. And then the second movie is that his methods will not work in this in this way. And, and most of the movie out, is him hitting the wall, out. yeah, finding it out throughout the entire thing. Whereas then you see the character of 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 Jim Gordon that Gary Oldman plays, and like even even when uh Aaron Eckhart's character is as Harvey Dent is kind of giving him shit and like you know you're trusting this vigilante and all this he's he's the only one who's been out there on the streets you know for fucking ever Jim Gordon has been out on these streets yep. forever he knows these villains and he can he can be the good guy without being the shining knight for sure and without being the vigilante he can just shrug and be like yeah that's the fucking world and we have to clean up the mess and that's the way it goes and there's something about that 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 character could have been so boring, but Gary Oldman turns it into this, like, it's riveting. Like, actually, the only time that I cheer, and I was a nerd, I cheered out loud in the theater, like, yeah, you're, you're punching my leg. I know, man. Minutes. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but the one part where I actually cheered out loud had nothing to do with Batman. It had to do with Gary Oldman's character. And, coming and back. Coming, yeah, I mean, this, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about it I again. didn't see it that was, coming either. I fuck, totally No, I didn't that. either. I, well, and I just, all, all I knew was, like, why is there only the one guy talking in the armored truck? Like, what's the other guy, you know, doing? Yeah. He's just sitting there and he's wearing the weird mask yep. or whatever. And I and then I kind of forgot about it because it was such intense action sequences. For sure. And, that's and then I mean. when he and and I mean the Batman Joker got the Batman. He had him fucking down. He was going to kill him. Yeah. And boom, there he is. Well, I think oh. too. Uh, you know, even though they great. did share a lot of uh, the same amount of screen time, Christian Bale and Batman kind of took a back seat to everyone else in this in this movie a little bit you know which is which is saying a lot about the movie sure. because he is such a fascinating character and he carries the entire first movie to be able to do this movie and have it be not a less interesting character yeah, not, but there's so many more things yeah, going on not backseat necessarily but just like he's just part of the mixture of characters and and it's just I don't know how to say it intelligently, but <laughs> no, I know, I know. I mean, it is an ensemble cast; yeah. it truly is. And you know, another one that I have to I have to just say that I that really I mean, there was so much talk about the Joker, so much talk about Heath Ledger's performance, and it is fascinating, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. But Aaron Eckhart's character as Harvey Dent mm-hmm. that threw me for a loop. I mean, I love Aaron Eckhart. I love everything he's done since In Company of Men. Like I've always thought that he's just such a a phenomenal actor mm-hmm. and 
his transformation, because he is such a good guy. I mean, at first you think he might be kind of pompous, but that great courtroom scene where he takes the gun from, where the guy has the gun and he click, click, clicks oh, it yeah. at him and he takes it from him and he's like, you want to assassinate somebody, you should probably buy American. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, whoa, this guy's actually like a badass. And yeah. then like watching his transformation and his slide down into the... I, I think uh, this is my, this is probably my only quibble with the movie. Quibble? Quibble. Uh, quibble. <laughs> Which I just still don't think is a word. Um, you know, and I, I think he's a really good actor, and I like him a lot, and I think he does an awesome job in this movie, but he's kind of one of those actors to me, anyways, and maybe I haven't seen the right movies, that he kind of plays the same guy in every movie. You know, I mean, in Aaron Brockovich, he was pretty much the same guy, except he was a biker, or, you know, or whatever, you know, and, and he, he's really good at acting, but he's one of those guys I'd really like to see really step out of his boundaries and do something off the wall really cool because he is a really good actor. And I think a lot of his performance that really helped me really get into the Two-Face character was the CGI half-face kind of thing because that really added a crazy intensity to it. Yeah, I guess I can agree. I, I can see what you're saying. Although I do think that his, his once he has become Two-Face, the, his... His character, I mean, it's it's so intense because mm-hmm. it is. You've seen him be this this champion, you know, for 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 uh, uh, just Gotham. I just Gotham in general, yeah. and and the idea of of goodness and the idea of of hope, and to see him slide down into that, I I, I found it really fast. I, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. I just found that to be. I I thought it really worked, and and I think it was it's really interesting in the scenes where it's him and it's Batman, and he's talking about that nobody understands what he lost, and nobody understands these things, and you're like, well, a Batman does understand because he lost the same fucking person, and b he's lost a lot more than that. He's you know what I mean, like For he's sure. he's and and but there there is a similarity between the two characters, and you think something pushed you to this edge where you can no longer be this good guy. And that's what's so cool, though, about the movie is that the Joker was the one that created that. And it's something that the Batman can't fight. Mm-hmm. He can't, you know what I mean? Like, he can't, he can't, he can't go after Harvey Dent in that way. Because he, and for whatever he, I mean, and, and you can see in that way, too, like, the, the diabolical nature of the Joker that he knew, like, this is your symbol of hope. I can't, if I kill him, he'll become a martyr. Mm-hmm. But if I can mutilate him and then manipulate him so that he becomes a vehicle for everything else, then I kill the hope. How the fuck do you fight that? Well, you can't, you know? I really like the whole aspect of that, you know, Batman can't be the face of hope and he has to be kind of thing. Yeah, because, and you get you get a good taste of that in the beginning. And I thought it was such a nice uh, little bit when you had that first Batman scene in the movie uh, where you had the uh, Batman copycats, yeah, and then I like that Cillian Murphy came back for a minute. Yeah. You got to see him too. I'm like, glad he came back. I thought that was cool, and, and it's so funny too because the the stakes have been raised so far that when Cillian Murphy was so frightening in the first movie, now he just looks like a little punk, for you know, sure. and that he's sitting there and he's like tied up and he's just like, like you know. And I'm I glad just he came was, back though. Yeah, sure, I like yeah. just seeing him for a couple of minutes, and I thought that's great because he's a higher profile actor yeah. now, and that just shows how much these people, these actors believe in this in this for franchise sure. to be like yeah I'll come back for five minutes let's fucking do it well you know? this movie in multiple ways I think the way that it's shot and just kind of 
the whole crime drama aspect of it, if there was no makeup on the Joker and no bat suit on Christian Bale, this could be a movie like Heat or Untouchables or something. Well, like and that. Heat, that's an I'm that's an interesting uh, you know, I that that very first sequence of the bank heist, I mean, it had the meticulousness of Michael Mann. For sure. And I know somebody on the Rock Salt was talking shit, like somebody who was being snide, I don't remember who it was. Like I didn't know that you could have a two minute scene of somebody shooting a grappling hook gun or whatever and like yeah. blah blah blah. But I actually felt the opposite of it, which was I've always seen like grappling hooks and shit like that in movies, but like it always seemed like some like totally off the wall comic booky kind of a thing. And it is a comic booky kind of sure. a thing. And here's a comic book movie. But the way that they do that scene is so meticulous where you just see the guy, I mean he like shoots it and they make sure that it's good and then they slide down and the camera kinda like drops down. You see how high up they actually are and they're all and it almost that everyone's dressed in almost like they're almost wearing kind of like track shoes and like dirty clothes and it has this like seventies uh crime caper kind of a feel sure. to it and that whole sequence is so meticulous and so well done and you know with each guy executing the next guy and that the joker you get as he's you know heath ledger is in like uh, quite quite a bit of that beginning sequence but you don't know that it's him you don't know which one's him yeah you don't know which one is him and nobody else does either and like i liked how the the bank vault was electrified and he comes in the guy's trying to turn the dial with yeah. his shoes on his hands yeah, and like great. i just all that stuff i thought was great lots that, of little creative shit like yeah, that it really is and so many scenes are so meticulously done like that the chase scenes are phenomenal and and i love the the uh the gags like the one with the uh Batmobile turning into the bat cycle. Oh, kind of. great. It was fucking the awesome. The gadgets like, in this one were awesome. Yeah, I love how the cards, like, it, you know, it, it says, like, it cannot be fixed or whatever, and so he gets into the thing and it says goodbye. Yeah. And he fucking shoots out uh, of it. Well, like, and the, uh, it was really cool. The, when, you know, when he flips the, the semi and he climbs up the, the wall, wall back and down, flips around. I couldn't help but go, yes! <laughs> I know, and I did the same thing because I get, and that's one of the things is I, I, I specifically set aside in my brain enough suspension of disbelief to say this is a Batman movie. Well, like, I mean, you know, Christopher Nolan is an incredible director, but like I said earlier, there's certain elements that that are that are going to be placed in a certain way because that's, it's it's well, a, it's a you, Batman movie. You said you know? something about Batman Begins that I thought was perfectly said, is that um, there's just the right amount of cheesiness where it's funny still and it's yeah you know it's just camping yeah kind of. you know Jim Gordon when he's driving the Batmobile I gotta get me one of these yeah. like that's you know but you go you laugh and when you watch it again it's like you're you're you know you're not watching Lawrence of Arabia you're yeah. watching a fucking comic book <laughs> movie sure. let it go people well, like, and, and I think I even though it was probably you know there wasn't a ton of humor in there there was a few one liners and I think the brunt of the humor. That may or may not have been intentional was with the Joker, like the it magic really trick with was. the pencil. Oh, the amazing. fucking pencil scene! I, I mean, love that, that that was, and it's great because that's that's one of your. I mean, after the bank heist scene, that's one of your first experiences yeah. of actually seeing him, and that just sets the tone for like, oh my god, I can't believe that just yeah. happened. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of. I mean, and, and let's let's talk about the let's talk about Heath Ledger's performance for a minute. You know, okay. I. I I I feel like that there in in some ways it has been tainted not just by his death but by you know if you haven't seen this movie and so many people are talking about like it's a transformation and the thing of it is is that it is a transformation if you go back and you watch a Knight's Tale or Brokeback Mountain sure. or Monsters Ball and then you go okay that's him 
He's this guy. He's this, you know, like strikingly good looking, like Australian guy with this like deep, like, like baritone voice. Mm -hmm. And here he's slimy and he's skinny and small and he's got that weird walk, you know, like he's just, and the, and the scene, like the parts when, when, when it's, they're really his scenes and every scene that he's in, he he really just dominates. But you know, one of them in particular that I thought was so fascinating that to me really explained how good his performance is, is when he's, is when he's in and he's manipulating Harvey Dent in the hospital and he's in the nurse, yeah. nurse's uniform and he's like, part of my plan? I don't have a plan. Yeah. I'm like a dog chasing a car. If I caught one, I wouldn't know what to do with it. And you're just like, that's so goofy. And he doesn't care about being menacing because he's already there. He's already gone past there. Point, yeah, yeah, he's already past the point of being menacing. So he doesn't have to do anything to be threatening or frightening. He can be goofy and weird and that's just as magnetic as anything else, sure. you know. And and I think that those, and that that ability to manipulate in that way, where it's like it was the Joker that that did this to Harvey Dent, but through talking to him, you know, I mean, he hands him that gun, and he's like, and he's like, all right, you know, if it's if it's heads, then it's this, and if it's tails, then it's that. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, and puts his head up to yeah. the gun, and you're like, this is really where his character is, and in a way he isn't the bad guy and you kind of can't, he, he is kind of right. You can't really be mad at him for the things that he does because this is the, this is who, who his character is. And it's the embodiment of chaos. Well, it isn't good. It isn't bad. I mean, he'll kill the bad guys if that'll make his, if that'll make his day funner. Well, his unpredictableness you know? and just, you know, his, just the way he enthralled himself in the character I thought was just really great. I, I read a few things how during shooting he would write a skateboard around Chicago with the makeup on and everything like that. And he wow. was just really like live the part for quite a while. Right. And I think a lot of it shows too that I thought some of the creepiest scenes were, were the, the handheld video terrorist type. Uh, oh yeah. 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 That they were, were showing awesome. on the news. And speaking of the news, let's talk about Anthony Michael Hall as oh, the, right. as, as the TV reporter. I thought that was a <laughs> cool turn. And actually that reminds me, you know, another great little subplot, somebody else that works at, at, at Wayne incorporated finds out who Batman is. That's right. And that's such a great little secondary storyline, but it isn't an independent storyline. All of these little bits and pieces of storyline all culminate into the whole, you know, mm-hmm. the 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 Batman copycats shows that he cannot be the the image of hope. The guy finding out who Batman is is later manipulated by the Joker, and even though he is willing to, he's a slimy little son of a bitch, and he's willing to give up Batman's identity. Bruce Wayne still wrecks his fucking uh, Ferrari uh, yeah, or Lamborghini or whatever. Yeah, into the car, and then yeah, he says to Jim Gordon like. I was trying to make the light. And he's like, you don't watch a lot of news, do you? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just, you know, the way that, I mean, it was so meticulously done in that way that I just, you know, any, anybody who, who, who has any gripes about it, I think like, you know, the the movie does have things about it that maybe I, I wouldn't say could be better, but I could understand how some people would see it and go, I wish that it would have been this way or I wish it would have been that way. But as a whole, I mean, it's a tightly written script. It's executed like just, so well. I mean, every every nuance hits exactly the way that it should. For sure. And I love I love that uh, you know there is not a huge showdown between Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Not really. Well, and, there doesn't need to be. Well, one. and that's one thing too is, and it's, if I had a gripe about it, it'd probably be that um, it kind of ends like two or three times almost because you, you get him in the, in the interrogation room with Batman, 
And Which is such a, a great phenomenal scene, scene. I mean, when the lights just, come on, the Batman's so behind the, him. The lighting is so cool, and it's just oh, great. the cell phone in the guy's body. Oh that yeah, was just I want to make my phone call. You know, yeah. but and you think, okay, that's the end, but then it ends again. You know, my only gripe would probably be, and this is probably a gripe because Heath Ledger is now dead, and they can't continue the Joker story. Is that the Harvey Dent story would have continued to maybe a third movie? And we yeah, I could have seen that. We maybe saw, um, you know the burned face and everything and then it ends like that and then they can continue it that way but you know like we were talking about in the car on the way home from the movie is who who's going to be the next bad guy yeah i mean there aren't you know? a whole lot of and, options and I left think that, that would make have, a lot of that sense. would be a great you know tr- end of the trilogy to finish off with the Harvey Dent but since he's dead you know we can't at the same time though i can understand uh wanting to wrap it up in a sense of saying uh you know the way that it ended with two faces death and and then blaming the killings on the on on the Batman mm-hmm. that there was a necessity to wrap that up because otherwise you would have had an entire movie's worth of them trying to not let the public find out about Two Face because yeah. that was the most important thing was yeah. the people of Gotham can never know they have to keep thinking he's a hero if they know that he sunk into these depths also then we're fucked mm-hmm. you know we can't do anything and uh, one of the things I love it, you know with the Joker Joker storyline and the way that it ended is with the Joker going off to Arkham Asylum which I think totally works because you you know w- even without him coming back in a third movie yeah. his his Entire purpose in the second movie is not as a main villain. Mm-hmm. It, it is he. He is the catalyst for all the other events, and I love that. Even after Batman throws him off of the building, and then he like zip lines him and brings him back up, and what does the Joker do? He gives him shit for it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you can't even kill See, me, can you? There, even thought... after everything I did, you still can't kill me. For like... a second there, I thought he was gonna do uh, do a tribute to the first. Tim Burton Batman and have the recorder go <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally that's how he dies or something but, but that's the thing is that and, and but it's another one of those great things which is that you can't do anything with the Joker you can't kill him well it's kind of what he wants know, you know I, like I know. he wants he would be willing to die if it meant that the Batman that the Batman would kill him he'd be willing to die because it would mean ha I broke you see see you it's killed like, me fuck it's you the in the box yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's that yeah it's like being able yeah just like seven it's like being able to bring that shining hero down to that level. The, I mean, I, you keep saying that he's not the main villain and he was kind of the catalyst for everything, which I agree with, but this is the Joker's movie. By no, oh, by oh no it means. is. I mean, but in such an interesting way, and that's yeah. kind of why I keep reiterating that point, is because it's in such an interesting way where it isn't the kind of villain that a superhero like like Batman can fight. He you can't you can't reason with him. You can't fight him. And I love I loved uh, uh, just to mention it for a minute. Uh, um, Michael Caine's as as Alfred. Yeah, the story that he tells about uh, the um, African tribesmen and that he was just stealing these jewels and then he was just throwing them away. Yeah. Because you can't and you can't reason with somebody like that. And I love that little little bits like that. The little storylines like that. You know, there's another. The, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The 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 whole. I mean, and this this is always I thought been kind of a weak point, mainly because I'm a guy and I want to see more of the action and and just the dark story. But the whole. Uh, Rachel Dawes part of it and she did a great job and I thought you know better than Katie Holmes if that's in, not really hard oh games, but, yeah but at the same <laughs> could have time had a fucking sock at the same time a anybody could have played that part it doesn't really matter it, it wasn't too I mean her part wasn't too affecting for me at least the whole love story just kind of was like whatever to me I, I feel the same way I feel like it was if anything just 
something to add a little bit of tension between heart you know, because you had to make uh bruce wayne not like harvey dent in the beginning yeah. and then believe in him you had to create that first and so there's a the tension there and then later and holy fuck when when both harvey dent and oh, her i mean scene. talk about talk about showing batman's true sacrifice for gotham that everything else comes second to it he knows that she would be able to give him a normal life. He has been in love with her since they're kids, yep. and he saves Harvey Dent. And he saves Harvey Dent because he believes more in the savior in saving Gotham than he than in his own happiness. Then why does he say, "I'm going to save Rachel"? When 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 uh, Gordon asks him, he says, Where, "Which one are you going to, Rachel?" When he's leaving, he says, Rachel. "Oh, I didn't hear that." Yeah, but one one scene that I thought totally just made me forget about everybody else in the room. And it's the scene when Harvey, uh, Christian Bale's, uh, Bruce Wayne is having the uh, fundraiser for Aaron Eckhart's character. Yeah. And, and uh, he comes in and he's talking to Maggie uh, Hall and it's uh, Heath Ledger, Maggie Hall and the oh, just the interaction between the yeah. two of them. And there's like, you know, 50, 60 people in the room. You yeah. don't even think about them no. or notice. He just steals that fucking Yeah, thing. and he just, and he just seems like a feral animal. Yeah. And, and he's then like he just throws her out the fucking window. Yeah, right, she got, he's like, Batman's like, let her go. And he's like, support choice of words and just lets go of her. You remind me of my father. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like my father. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's really. I did like too that he, he keeps telling a different story of why he has a scar. Yeah, it's just bullshit. I mean, he, yeah. He's just he's he's just toying with people to watch yeah. their emotions, you know, and it's and it's he truly just refined villain. Now, now explain this to me when he's got the three uh, henchmen of the the gangster dude, and he's like, we uh, you know we we want to see who wants to join the gang, but unfortunately we only have an opening for one, yeah. and he breaks the pool stick in half and drops it in the three of them. What do you think happens after he leaves the room? <laughs> it's just it. There, it doesn't even explain it enough of what's going to happen. It's just this insinuation of this this fucking broken think, pool cue. And do the, we see one of those guys in later in the movie? I don't think so. I don't know. But I mean, a lot of them have masks, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. Guess, but I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, another another point that I loved uh, was the political slant about losing one's soul to to catch the 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 bad guys, yeah. like the whole cell phone. Turn yeah, it it's kind of weird. Well, to me though, it just it it was a not too veiled uh, comment about the wiretapping scandal. Yeah, I, that's what I got from it. But I liked it. I liked I, I the the idea behind it was like, or, or or not the idea behind it, but the way it was executed was kind of like eh, I don't I don't. It's not as interesting as everything else that's going yeah, on. It's one of those but I liked that I thought could have done with. I liked how it gave the moment for the conversation between Morgan Freeman. And and Christian Bale of him saying, I I don't want to have anything to do with this. You've gone too far. For sure. Like you you are now invading these people's lives. Like I don't care how bad you want to catch somebody. Like this is fucked up. I didn't sign up. I like this. I yeah. like that. I like the morality tale of the two fairies. I thought that was a great For scene, sure. and that could have gone in any movie. And yeah. to find it in a comic book movie is fucking nuts. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I it really, I think it re- redefined comic book movie. Yeah. Well, and I guess that the uh, the one last thing I want to say is it's interesting. I was thinking about it. Um, the idea of understanding the evil in the world, and that a person who's good can never truly understand that evil in the world. And that if you try to understand it, you could lose your soul through the process. Reminded me of our conversation about No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, uh, the very similar ideology is of of of. Uh, I can totally um, see that. Uh, what's his nuts? 
uh, Anton Chigurh? No, well, well, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's uh, monologue at the beginning, yeah. talking about you know you push your ch- you push your chips up to the edge of the table and say, okay, I'll be a part of this well, world. That that is both Harvey Dent's story and, and a very Eckhart's, yeah yeah Aaron Eckhart's story and and Christian Bale's story in this movie is that it's about the. You know, and it's about the the you dangers. Long enough of, to become the villain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same idea. You know, you 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 want to be a part of this world. You put your soul in danger, and we see Harvey Dent's character fall in a very Shakespearean way, which I just thought was, I don't know, I loved it. Good uh, movie. Nothing bad about it. Nothing bad about it. That's I thought incredible. it was. I thought it was great. Um, all right, why don't we go ahead and take a break? I'm okay. sweltering. My, yeah. My ankles are sweating, if wow. you can believe this. They're actually, I can feel beads of sweat on ankle my ankles. Sweat. <laughs> ankle sweat. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. Um, um, I'm going to pimp a band that I used to play in right now. Uh, it's called Novelist, and the song is called Course It Hurts. And when we come back, we'll do our top five uh, most anticipated I, movies. Uh, I think we're actually going to do Explorers first, aren't we? Um, I have the template up as doing the top five, but we can do it either way. Okay. It just means more work for me. Well, that's all right. All right, well, we'll see. This is Novelist.
you had no hair Such a pretty head You comforted me there In that house I didn't know Smaller than ours Cooler and underground Lead paint and mildew felt fresh and new Nice to be cramped in there with you She called me with a threat on her life And I said Go ahead. It's not so much that I wanted her dead. It was just to break the monotony. And for once, for once to mean what I said. I may have to do this wrong a couple of times. Something vaguely ethereal, sort of intelligent. And if you're not paying attention, you think of all the ways it pertains to you and me. You see, I'd save you, but she knows I'm used to it. I changed my mind. Let's do the top five. I already did it. I already <laughs> changed it for you. <laughs> well, you owe me money. Fucking dick. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to review Explorers, the 1985 fantasy kids movie. The first installment of our film festival. Yes. For those who don't know, we're doing a Joe jo 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 Dante film festival. Um, this is the first that... Next week, I think we're going to try and do Inner Space, but we're also going to do the Burbs, Gremlins. And the Howling. And the Howling. And uh, is that all we, we got some feedback yeah, last week saying, don't forget Gremlins 2, which is a good point. It is. It's underrated, but I still want to do the first one. Yeah. For sure. Although the second one is pretty amazing. It is pretty good. Yeah. Maybe that'll, that'll show up later at some point. Well, you never know. Maybe we could, do a, we could do a film festival of sequels. Yeah, that's good. There we go. Like um, all right, so yeah, Explorers, nineteen eighty five, River Phoenix, Ethan Hawke, and some kid who never did anything, ever. <laughs> yeah. which is sick because he was really good in this. He was, he was, he was one of the ones I liked. Yeah, I liked him a lot. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, Ethan Hawke's character has a dream that the with about a computer world or whatever, and, and, and circuit board or something. One of the first uh, CGI graphics, probably that. And, and you can tell. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably that and Tron. I think yeah. are, you know what I mean. Or the first like it looked like it. Um, the Matrix was kind of, but like in the eighties, like a real thing. low rent Matrix, <laughs> totally yeah. low rent Matrix. Um, but anyway, yeah, he has his dream, and there's this schematic uh, circuit board, uh, circuit board thing that he draws when he wakes up. Gives it to River Phoenix, who 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 uh, is uh, Wolfgang, who's this yeah. computer nerd, and he's fucking adorable <laughs> with his little uh, 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 
His, They're his, all adorable. His little no, but it, like his his little coat, his little uh, uh, lab coat, lab coat. Yeah. Oh, it's just too. Cute. They're all super young. In yeah, this. they are, and uh, and that leads them to be to finding to uh, constructing this bubble, this force field, mm -hmm. and they build a spaceship, and uh, they they go up into space with it. And long uh, story short, that's long story short, that's pretty much the movie. Um, my favorite thing is when they realize when they accidentally when when uh, River Phoenix accidentally goes boop inside the bubble and like goes underground and yeah. goes all over the place and everything. When, right when they come back out, the other kid who never went on to do anything else, uh, uh, his first and this is like this is like. This is good writing. This is good dialogue writing right <laughs> oh, I here. I can't wait for this. That, I mean, they're what, 12? Like, like 11, 12? First thing out of his mouth, he's like, we could look on the top of the girl's gym. Yeah. That's the first fucking thing he thinks of. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's exactly, you wouldn't be like, let's travel the stars. Or yeah, like, there's lots of. That would be like, we could look in the girl's gym. Like, uh, Post-pubescent kind of stuff, like girls. And they bring a beer to celebrate. Yeah. Just they, one beer. And they name the spaceship the Thunder Bruce Road. I oh, that I just that was, down. yeah. Oh, it hurt my heart. That I was just that the down. coolest thing. I know man. you love Bruce. I do. I'm a huge fan of, um, of the boss. You know, I loved this movie when I was a kid, but, you know, it's total great coming-of-age sci-fi movie. Yeah. For me, though, it does not hold the nostalgia, I don't think. So, yeah, a lot of it doesn't. A lot of, well, pretty much it does for me until they actually go up into space yeah. and there's the spaceship. It's great and for it, the first hour, then it takes the weirdest fucking return. Yeah, that, that was kind of like, ah, oh, you know, like, it, it... Like, and I understand it, I guess... What we're talking about is the aliens, of course. Yeah, know? which uh, and the aliens look awesome. They look great. The, <laughs> I the, think they. You could tell that he did Gremlins, kind of. Well, <laughs> the special effects were done by uh, Rob Botton, the guy who did the thing. It's the same same no guy way, that really? did the the the, vis no way. the the special effects of the monsters. Yeah. I don't. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I thought they looked kind of stupid. In did you? In I'd see. I, I okay. Here's one. That I have to tell this really quick. One of the reasons why the aliens in it, I have a I have a soft spot for. I loved this movie as a kid, and I found a rubber mask that was that alien, <laughs> no and it worked the same way. It had the eyes way up high, and then the nostrils is where you look through, oh, okay. and it was the exact same thing. It had the big cheeks, it was purple, had the eyes and everything, and I wore it to a elementary school, like, uh, it was like a science day, and you're supposed to dress up like an alien, <laughs> and I, I dressed up, and I built these, like, extra arms, so I had four arms. And uh, they put me in the they put me in the standard examiner paper. I have it somewhere. I was trying to find it earlier because I wanted to show it to you since we were doing awesome. this. But like, I was on like on the local section. I was on the front page of the local section. Wow! You don't see my face because I have that mask on, but it's me. That's your fifteen minutes. And yeah, that was it. That's well, rough. If that was like, it. What the fuck? They're just weird. Yeah, as it gets into a weird narrative about like the evils that men do and the fear well, and of the they unknown. Take everything from TV, and that like only uh, the innocence of a child could actually meet space aliens. And There's, it's like I have uh, I have a lot of problems with this movie. It's okay. <laughs> I've, I've seen I've seen it a lot because my son really likes it because it is a cool kids movie. But it's a great the nostalgia. Kids movie. Totally didn't hold up. Wears off fast. Like. There's, I mean, and it's just picky, stupid shit that I'm going through. But like, um, like when they go, when they're in the, and they're going to space for the first time, all yeah. the way into space, 
it takes them like five seconds to be past the moon. And <laughs> you're just like, what? Well, because it could go really fast. Yeah, I know, but come on. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then when they're coming back, as far as light speed and travel, shouldn't it be like five years later? <laughs> <laughs> they're all old. I mean, it, uh, yeah, well, everyone else is older. I don't even know, but it's just like... <laughs> Scientifically, that didn't really make sense to well, me. Well, what are you I mean, <laughs> I know. fucking splitting hairs here, I know, man. I know, I know. I, I mean, but I'm on. just saying, but I was just, it's just me being overcritical and, and you know, just being oh, a, See, I didn't do that. I, I didn't know that's what we were doing. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, it, it's a fun movie, but there's just parts about this movie that annoyed me. Well, no. Most I, of all, River Phoenix annoyed the shit out really? of me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought he was funny. I liked it. I, lo- I loved the part. Some of my favorite parts were... Uh, <laughs> where uh, they go into the uh, junkyard yeah. to find the parts to build the ship. The and montage he's, uh, is great. And he gets, and he's like, I tried bringing, like, the guard dog or whatever. He's like, I tried bringing him lots of stuff. And he's like, but this is what he likes. And he gives it to him. And Ethan Hawkesgard goes, Gum? He likes gum? And he looks at me and goes, Don't you? Yeah. Like, I thought that was really funny. Totally. Um, there are some good parts. I just, th- it's not even that it, his character or anything. It's just that his acting was just shitty. I don't know. I have to say that as far as like the the real, uh, at least for me, the Joe Dante esque stamp on this movie that's yes, the most obvious. What is it? Is the drive in movie yeah. that's being, that that's playing when they go and they're and they're looking at it and it's this obvious like super cheesy I think it's Joe Isuzu that's playing the alien guy yeah. in it or whatever and he ends up like, being the voice of the alien at the end too is that the same guy yeah oh okay well and and but just how cheesy it is and so in joke funny and then uh, a couple seconds after that when their spacecraft uh, uh, gets starts to be controlled it's by so the aliens and it goes down and it breaks through the uh, s- the snack bar yeah as it breaks through the snack bar, it shows shots of the movie again, and the actors in the movie yeah. look like they're looking at the snack bar. They're like, "What? What? Like, like they're shooting it? Yeah, like the it, it. Yeah, it breaks that yeah. that 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 fourth wall for yeah. a minute. And so many of his other movies, especially I think more than any other movie, Gremlins Two is probably the one where you can just tell that Dante doesn't give a fuck anymore, and he's like, he's just he's breaking the fourth wall left and right, and just like showing like that yeah we know we're making like a cheesy movie and well, it's funny I, like, I think the fact that Ethan Hawke's character loves those cheesy sci-fi movies is part of the reason that they made the aliens so cheesy at the end I, that, that's I could what, see that, that. that's the yeah. only explanation yeah. I could see I do love do that, that the, the kid who comes from the broken home knows that the other alien is not an invading alien he's like it's his dad yeah for sure <laughs> he's like how can you tell and he's well, like I can tell it, <laughs> especially him but there's lots of uh, there's lots of just subtle hints about broken home, at least with him. But you know, where you know they're kind of nerds and they get beat up at school, and and uh, you know, oh, my parents are right, and then and then of course, uh, what's his name is uh, Wolfgang's dad, yeah, James Cromwell. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, and James Cromwell shows up in Gremlins also. That's right. And uh, uh, he's in another. I think he's in another Dante movie too. But yeah, James Cromwell with that German accent. This is fucking great. Yeah. yeah, I love Wolfgang's home. The kids wearing the like pumpkin Halloween mask thing and he's like eating like cereal through the mask and you're just like oh god (laughs) and another thing and he goes it's baklava it's it's a Greek dessert and he goes a geek dessert he's like no Greek (laughs) 
I just, I don't know. Well, and then the girl. Oh, the, really cute to The me. girl at the end when they crash, she just wakes up from a dream and it's like, ooh, and then she appears at the, in, at the in, river and you're like, what? Yeah, that and then she's sense. like in his dream later yeah. and they're flying through the I would have space. to say my favorite part definitely is the whole montage of them putting it together. Oh, that's great. I know. Yeah. I thought that was a great montage too. It was really cool. Um, we're going to talk about the guy who discovers them and who just can't get it out of his head. I love his part where, he's, <laughs> where he sees uh, River Phoenix inside the spaceship with the gas mask on. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what was that? Did you see that? And he like, talked for a minute and then he's like, I swallowed my gum. Like, I thought that was funny. <laughs> well, Did, how, isn't the other guy in the helicopter, isn't that Hollywood? I don't know. From Mannequin? I didn't know. I think it is. I'm going to IMDb it. I, I, would, think, that I would that's... think I would have recognized that, but I, I don't know. I swear, I think I think that it is. I think well, it's Hollywood. that guy's story, too, was like, they see, the, uh, he walks, he's he kind of neurotic about it, and Kent needs to find it, and he finds it, and he sees him take off, and good job, kid, and that's it. That's you know? the end of his <laughs> part of this, yeah. yeah. And then there's still like a half an hour left in the movie, you're like, okay, that's Yeah, you weird. thought that he would show up again. I, You know, the, the, the weird relationship between the alien and River Phoenix's character was a little... <laughs> yeah, I don't it was, know. Like, it was kind of like the girl well, alien. Well, he was into it, though. I know, that's... Yeah. What kind of sex is that? Alien sex? Well, and like, the, they had the, she had the suction cup fingers that, like, is there air going through those? Like, what is that? Uh, yeah. They're retarded looking. It's kind of fucked up. I liked it though. I thought it was. I no, thought it was a good movie, movie man. until it's... about an hour into it, and you're just like, okay. See, but I think movie? it's okay. It doesn't it, really it bother does. me. You know, and I've seen it enough where I, where I'm, uh, where I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. I'll take it for what it is. But it just you dissected it more than I thought I you were going well, to. Well, I've seen it so many times. I think that's why. <laughs> and uh, it just takes the weirdest turn, especially for a cool sci-fi coming of age. Yeah. Kids movie. Like, yeah, there's what? definitely it does go from like you know where they're up and they're flying around and Ethan Hawke's character is like it feels like a dream, doesn't it? It feels too perfect and blah blah blah. And you think like. It it would have been a cooler movie if the alien part of it had not happened. If it would have just stuck with the idea that these kids made this yeah, spaceship and they're flying just, around and doing stuff. Yeah, like, I think it was the way they, been... the aliens were presented too. And I don't know. Part it was cool. I, I do like the movie. It's fun, but <laughs> like if I'm being uh, criticizing about it, I'm you know it's you know it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's fine. I I you know I I liked the movie and I liked. Uh, I liked the relationship between the three kids, and I, I thought, I don't know. I'm sure I'm being too critical, but I can't wait for next week when we do Interspace. If we don't, I say the default should be the Burbs, because I know we both own it. I think we can do Interspace. I hope so, if we can find it. Yeah, if not, definitely the Burbs, and that'll be a great one, okay. too. But this is definitely, I'd say, of, of the movies that we're going to do of Dante's, I, I haven't seen The Howling since I was probably the same age that I saw The I've Explorers. never seen it, so. And so it's probably going to rate pretty low on my list. But, yeah, for sure. But this is definitely not one of his 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 best, although I do really like it. I do too, and I would definitely probably say it's probably going to be the weakest one, though. Okay. Okay, well, let's take uh, a quick break. Yep. Uh, what are we going to listen to? Uh, looks like Dulce Sky, and the song is Half Moon. Okay. Um, okay, we'll be right back to do our top five most anticipated movies for the remainder of 2008. Woohoo!
five time top five time i think uh the main reason tie-in we're doing this is because batman is was such a huge anticipated movie probably oh, the whole year i'm definitely sure definitely was but me, personally yeah. uh there's a bunch of movies still left yeah and uh there's a lot i'm so for i actually tried pretty hard to do my list so it was different than yours okay so some of them might be the same but i kind of went out of my way so that there was more i tried to do that too but i ended up defaulting to the ones, ones that, that ones. you knew because I have a lot of honorable mentions of stuff that I really want to see but I don't know how stoked I am for it right you know I was yeah. that I will eventually see but you know uh, a lot of comedies too I don't you know yeah and actually that's most most of the ones I'm excited for are a lot are, are, are mainly comedies and so I mean I'm yeah I, which is fine that's okay. usually that those are the movies that I'm I don't know I guess it's half and half a lot of the time I'm really excited to see like dramas or, or action movies sure. like The Dark Knight, but a lot of times it's like, yeah, it's usually like a really good comedy. Yeah, and you know, okay, well, what's your number five? Do you want me to start? Or I can start. I'll go ahead and start. My number five is a movie called Year One um, hmm. that stars that. Uh, Jack Black and Michael Sarah. It's directed by Ivan Reitman. And it's about two cavemen. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> Jack Black and, and Michael Sarah are two cavemen who decide that they don't want to be cavemen anymore and they're going to go out and experience the world. And they end up uh, being parts of all of these different moments, both fictional and true throughout history, um, or, or throughout the same period of time of history. And uh, 
Heard just one. just what I've read of it, it's ridiculous. Is it a comedy? Like, I'm sure oh yeah, it is, it's a total yeah. comedy. Like one of the one of the things that they experience is uh, they run into like Cain and Abel from like <laughs> biblical times, and I can't remember who plays Cain, but I know Abel is played by Paul Rudd. Like the whole movie is is pretty much everybody from like super bad and forty year old virgin just the and crew. yeah that that whole crew. Mm-hmm. Basically, in this historical piece, like comedy, <laughs> I've never that's even just, heard of that. But it's it's fucking ridiculous. Is it's the, everything. Is there a trailer I, online? I don't know. I don't know. I just read about it, and it seemed amazing. But <laughs> everything I, I was on, uh, ain't it cool? Uh, and everything that I read about it just seemed like, like it's 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 that kind of a story, but it's just all dick and fart jokes. <laughs> like they basically just utilize that to just just make up dumb that shit. Sounds incredible. So yeah, it looks and I can't. I, I wish I would have need to come back. Yeah, and I think that he really hooked up with these guys to be like, okay, like let's. <laughs> I'm cool. I want. I'm still cool, right? <laughs> I made cool movies. Look at all the stuff I've done. So, but it just it seemed like just Jack Black and and Michael Sarah as two combo. cavemen, two cavemen <laughs> want to become want to become enlightened. Like it just so you had me after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's and they had me after that too. So, uh, so that's my number five. It's a movie called Year One. Uh, I'm waiting for it to come okay. out. Okay, so. uh, my number five is one I talked about a little. bit it before but it's uh, my favorite Paul Nick book it's Choke uh, oh with, yeah with, with uh, Sam Rockwell as yeah, the, the main guy yeah, and yeah. Um, it's my favorite Chuck Paul Nick book and uh, the preview looks really good I think he'll do a good job I hope it doesn't suck but uh, it looks promising and he's always good I think so I I love Sam Rockwell he who's it directed by it's some random guy. I don't know. Really? I can't remember. It's not anybody who really has done much. That's sometimes a little worrisome. Yeah, that's the only thing that worries me. But, you know, Paul Nick was on set for most of it, I think, and he's pretty good at trying to stay true to the thing. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, I mean, it looks really funny, and, like, uh, they have the whole, you know, how they worked at the Renaissance kind of place. Oh, I know. I love that stuff. And, yeah, it, that and his great. friend's a chronic masturbator and stuff like that. And I stood in line at Sundance to see it, but... I couldn't get in. And I so. like that they made it more. I mean, it does have some dark elements to totally. it in the story, but I like that they it utilized kind of, it more as a quirky uh, yeah, comedy kind of a thing rather than trying to take it to that really, really dark well, place. Kind know? of trying to, you know, copy in a way Fight Club where it's more dark and messed up kind of thing. Where Paul Nick's writing is a lot like that. Right. But they made it kind of more, like he said, quirky comedy kind of thing. If, well, like another good example. Yeah, yeah. Well, and another good example, and one of the things that made me think of, of more of what they're going for is like uh, uh, the way that the movie The Weatherman mm-hmm. uh, with, with Nicolas Cage was, where it's like, like where it's like, it's a comedy, but there's some fucked up stuff going on in it. Like, there's some things well, in it that you're like, oh my God. There's like, definitely some dark parts in it, and I love reading the book. I, like, laugh out loud every time, so I hope. And the poster is great. I don't know if you see where he's, uh, like, swallowing a woman. <laughs> no, it's I haven't amazing. seen that. So, uh, the whole aspect of, uh, I'm a sex addict, so I go to sex addict meetings to So that I can meet people. girls <laughs> yeah. that are sex addicts, so uh, I can have sex with them. I, and I, I couldn't think of, when I reading the book a second time after I knew they were making the movie, I was like, who the fuck is going to play Vinny? You know? And I'm right. just like, who is it going to be? And Sam Rockwell is perfect. Yeah, I, hope I, he nails I it. fucking love I Sam hope Rockwell. He nails it, He's great. Anyways, what's your number four? I found out about it a couple of days ago, and uh, it's actually a tie-in to Snatch, and I'm insanely excited about it. And it's only, they haven't even started shooting it yet, but I just think about it and I go. So is it not even going to come out in 2008? No, I thought it was just movies that we were anticipating. I didn't know it was okay. 2008. Well, yeah. 
Oh, it's did we talk about that? I didn't know we did. Well, whatever. Oh, okay, because okay. a couple of mine aren't that. But, okay. Um, it's a Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, I think you're Directed right. by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Guess who's going to play Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Awesome. Yeah. I just, those two elements, and I went, yeah, that's going to rule. Okay, there we go. <laughs> like, that's one I'm going to fucking hold my breath for, because I bet it'll be awesome. You can't go wrong with Robert Downey. I, I just don't think so, and it's and it's been long enough for Guy Ritchie that I I think it's I think it's 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 high time for him to do something really. You haven't fucking seen cool Iron like Man that. either, have you? I know, I know. Oh. I still see that's I could have just that's, done five movies that I haven't seen that oh, I'm excited yeah. for. For sure. <laughs> well, yeah. The, I don't go to I don't go to theaters. I know. The you, Dark Knight. That was the only I and and I I broke the mold. You did, and I got so lucky because there were those douchebags in front of us with text messaging and like yeah. talking shit and you were you leaned over and you were like, I'm gonna have to tell this kid to shut the fuck up and well, I here. just have no problem with it. Yeah, I yeah. really want to see this movie. I'm the same way. I, just, I get grumpy old man at, at movies. Like I fucking hate people talking. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm so bad though that even like everybody was dead silent was a super awesome audience yeah. in the Dark Knight. I was still upset about the guy next to me that was breathing loud. <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? Because I get so, I get, I get so. You know what like, I found from going about... to so many movies? Best time Sunday morning, especially in Salt Lake City, because everyone's in church. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so or they're sleeping. Sunday in. morning, or even Saturday mornings, okay. But you know, the ten, eleven o'clock showing. Okay, next movie home. that comes out on this list Sunday morning, I'll go see it with you and we'll review it. Let's do it. Okay, okay. your next one. My number one. I probably should. Number be... one. I'm sorry. My number four. four. Uh, it should probably be closer to the front, but it's very—it's possible that it could suck. But it's Tropic Thunder. I know, yeah, <laughs> that was my number two. But a, I have an alternate. But it could be a huge mess. I don't think so, man. But I think it's. I've got, awesome. I've got, I've got a good feeling about it. I do Me not. I am not worried about it one bit. I think it's going to be. Once again, Robert Downey Jr. Holy His God! His heart looks especially amazing. Holy God! You got, but you got Ben Stiller, and I think he also directs it and writes it. Oh, really? Um, oh, so okay. that's. You know, I mean, he. You know, I love did you see the guy, fake? Did you see the fake trailer for the documentary of the making of that movie? Uh-uh. It's called no, Reign t- of Madness. You told me about <laughs> it's it. It's fucking awesome. Um, it's hilarious. Jack Black's in it. Uh, you know, it's gonna. I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. Tom Cruise is in it. Is he really? Tom Cruise is in it. Now here, here's something interesting to mention. Tom Cruise is in it. I guess he's in it for about five minutes. He plays this morbidly obese movie executive <laughs> who has like this big chest hair and he's like this old like cigar chomping like Mah! guy. And apparently he's brilliant. Awesome. And so you kinda go, Okay, good good job, Tom. Like like get away from the action thing, get away from like like be willing to make fun of yourself like that. Like that could be really fucking cool. And he's actually Tom Cruise is doing that anyway with uh, Hardy Men. Oh. You know that, right? Uh-uh. Hardy Men is Tom Cruise and Ben Stiller as the Hardy Boys now? What? As like adult men? Older? Yeah, what? but they're still like in the midst of some crime mystery caper. But it's like it's a comedy. Wow! And so you go, okay, that's a good way for him to redeem uh, his image. You know, is to do comedies where he's willing to make fun of himself like that. But apparently, the this this uh, part that he's in in Tropic Thunder is supposed to be just fucking hilarious. Well, I know him and Ben Stiller are friends because uh, the Mission Impossible 2 oh thing. Oh, my God. Tom Cruise? Cruise? Oh, I fucking love C-R-O-O-Z. So, yeah. Like, oh. That's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff for so, sure. I'm um, sure that movie's going to be awesome. But it's on your list, you, th- you said that. It was my number two, but I'll, I'll switch it up. My number three is The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. But, uh, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. Guillermo del Toro, yeah. 
Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know we were doing 2008 because cool. I just went. That's all right. I just went went to town. We've got to work on our communication here. I didn't know it was 2008. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and listen to last week, and we'll see if it was really 2008. Okay. I don't know if it was. Of course, the Hobbit's gonna be fucking incredible. Yeah, oh. yeah. And I actually, and is, and maybe this is blasphemous, but like. Originally, I was upset because of everything that happened that Peter Jackson wasn't going to do it. You're not alone in this thought. But I know what you're now say. that Gilmore del Toro is going to do it, yeah. I am twice as excited as, as I would have been if it would have been Peter Jackson. Yeah, he I just has a totally better agree. hand at that creepy, like ar- archaic, like history, no, like that's not gonna, a history. Well, and Peter Jackson's of, still producing. Yeah, he still has his hand, and that makes it even more promising. You're just yeah, like, because you go okay, so so it'll it'll have the same feel, yeah. but it'll probably be a lot uh, creepier. Like it's I like I was uh, like you said, just twice as stoked when I heard mm-hmm. that. I was like, if anyone could do that, it's him. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. So. Yeah, I mean, and and this is, I mean, he does an incredible job with his own mythologies, mm-hmm. with a pre-existing mythology, you know, that, that, that he can take so much from. Loves those movies, yeah, you know? it's like, which you could tell from from something like Devil's Backbone or Pan's Labyrinth that that, that he probably does uh, uh, really in, in, enjoy the, the Tolkien uh, mythology. So, For sure. Yeah, really exciting. So that's my number three. Okay, my number three is one that just looks really super interesting to me, but it's The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah. The David Fincher movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's coming Brad out Pitt, later this year. Uh, and Brad Pitt is playing Kate it. Kate Blanchett. And, he, and he, he's, he, I think he gets older. Or no, he gets he younger. Get, he grows younger. He grows younger with age. And, but it's David Fincher. Yeah. And so I'm just like, fuck yes. And yeah. Then, and, it's a, just, and it's really and it'll weird. Be a, I mean, it'll be a, it's, it's, it's a period piece. Yeah. So, I mean, that will be even more interesting to see well, and, uh, Fincher handle something sure. like and that. And it's just something totally different that he's ever done. And it just makes me so excited. Well, and, and think about, doing that. Uh, think about how well he did with Zodiac, which is just a minor period piece. I mean, it is. Though, yeah. I mean, he still created an atmosphere. But then that's what I'm saying is that even when it was like, it's the 1960s, it's the 1970s, mm-hmm. He was able to nail it on the head. You think this is the? I, I couldn't. I mean, I don't. I, I couldn't even tell. Either. Seems like turn of the century ish. Maybe, maybe. Sure. maybe later than that. But I mean, um, there is the one scene that looks like it's like World War Two or something. Yeah. And so there's or World War One. I, I mean, uh, and and so yeah. I mean, it might be. I hope it's awesome, but I mean, Fincher, he's never done anything wrong in my book. And so. well, and even even in my book, his weakest movie, which I think is Panic Room. Is still really fun to watch. For sure, yeah. it looks great. It's it's really interesting just to watch. I wish it. my weakest movie was Panic Room. <laughs> yeah, fuck exactly right. Yeah, like so. out of all the movies that you've made, that's the worst one. Yeah, so. yeah, the all worst right. one you made had Jodie Foster in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my number two was Tropic Thunder. I'm going to do an alternate. Uh, my alternate will be uh, W. What is that? The Oliver Stone biopic about George Bush. Oh, George Bush. W. Bush, okay. Yeah, yeah, with, uh, with Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin. And, uh, you know... Weird. I'm... I'm. <laughs> it's the first Bush, I'm, though, we've got to say, right? It's the first Bush, I thought. No, no, it's, no, w, it's right? w. I'm retarded. Yeah, not GW, yeah. <laughs> it's W. Okay. Um, I guess it's a morbid curiosity. More than anything else, I just want to see like what it's really going to be like. And 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 uh, uh, Stone has made a really big point of saying this is not a movie that bashes Bush. Like I, I mean, 
I'm I'm gonna hang out all the dirty laundry, but I'm not going to do it in this light of like, sure. you know, it's not gonna be like Larry the Cable Guy's George well, Bush, like, con- like doing. He's pretty controversial I mean, in this past, so I can see how people would say uh, ultimately think that. But I mean, but he's also really meticulous. When I mean, you you yeah, he you can go. Well, I mean, he he can be a, a, a really wild director when it comes to Natural Born Killers or U-Turn, but when it comes to the biopic stuff, mm-hmm. you think about Platoon. I mean, which Platoon is obviously has a different story in it too. But you think of Platoon, The Doors, JFK. You go, you know, he even well, when, when he disagrees with things, he focuses. Well, so what, when could I be say really when I say controversial, I best I guess I mean he does more controversial subjects, but his movies are never really that controversial. They're no, more yeah. just a story about that time period or that era or yeah, something like that. It could be really know? fascinating. So, I, I hope that it does that. Well, and he I hasn't hope done that it isn't in just, a while that I've been too stoked about. So it'd be great. I to hope see it just isn't two hours of him punching George Bush in the balls, which or, or three, because that's not interesting or to me. Three hours of him doing that. <laughs> yeah, or four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so because that wouldn't be interesting to me. But if it was like trying to be really honest of like, here's these things. Here's what we actually know, yeah. and we're going to have Josh Brolin portray that. That sounds really fascinating. It'll be to me. interesting. I'll, I'll be interested to see makeup and stuff. How Josh Brolin looks. Yeah, that'll be weird. The one picture I saw of him, pretty fucking good. Really, it was there's, surprising. There's he had that like, already. yeah, Josh Brolin. I'll, I'll show him to you after we're done here. He's like in the suit and he's got the the coiffed hairdo and he's doing like the squinty look. I it's wild. See, like it I actually, see that. it actually surprisingly worked, and it kind of doesn't look like Josh Brolin, but wow. maybe he has some prosthetics going Weird. on. I don't know. But uh, all right, well, this uh, my number two is fighting for the number one, but I'm really stoked for my number one. But my number two is Burn After Reading the Coen yeah, Brothers movie. Yep. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's uh, it's Coen Brothers. That's it, my number one. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Coen Brothers. It looks just hilarious. It su- looks like such a great follow up to they've No never, Country. They've never fucked up a comedy for me. No, I like I like all of their comedic stuff. I yeah. just that is that is that's where it, they shine. Yeah, it's my sense of humor for sure. It just is, you know. Even yeah. even in something as dark as Fargo, it just that's my sense of humor. I totally it agree. Works every time. Well, hopefully, it's their Big Lebowski to Fargo. Yeah, I mean, it's as far as it, No Country. It, the, the, and the, the, yeah, the dialogue and the little bits. And the storyline to me just seem it does have a feel like Big Lebowski of like the goofiness. And well, if you think of Big Lebowski as being uh, here's this Raymond Chan- uh, sorry bleh, Raymond Chandler uh, film noir private dick kind of a storyline of intrigue and you know and all these things, and then you put an idiot in it, yeah, <laughs> an idiot and his friends in it, yeah. right? And that's the movie, and there's where the comedy stems from. And you look at Burn After Reading, and you think here's this CIA espionage kind of spy thriller, yeah. and then you put like these couple of douchebags in it. I like that Brad Pitt's the idiot. Though. I know, and that's what's so great. And that he's this, and that he's this like mindless uh, uh, gym instructor. Like it just makes it perfect, you yeah. know. And then that Francis McDormand is like her, his like wife or whatever and then she wants to get all this plastic surgery so she can look hot like well, and if you if you get a chance go watch the red band trailer oh the red YouTube. band trailer it's very uh, it's much better than it's the just like trailer. it's just like the tropic thunder thing when you watch the red band trailer for it, you're just like <clears throat> what the fuck it's gonna be awesome no that looks so great i'm really stoked to see that one and it's Cone brothers like you know you can't, you can't since we matched it uh this is one that's weird and i don't know a lot about it but i'm just gonna throw it out here uh, and then you can do your number one okay Inglorious Bastards. Speaking of Brad Pitt, yeah, I don't know. Inglorious Bastards is the new film. It's in the works right now. 
Brad Pitt has just been signed on to be the main, one of the main characters in it. It's about, uh, I don't know the exact plot, but it's World War II. Um, it's a group of, um, it's a group of like Jewish exiles who get together to take on a group, uh, a, uh, uh, take on the Nazi regime in a certain uh, uh, city, and I, that's all I know. I don't. There's some things I might be a little off with, but it's Quentin Tarantino. Really? Yeah, it's his huh. next movie. What is it called again? Inglorious Bastards. Huh. I don't know. That's okay. all I know about it. Is it's period piece, and Brad Pitt's going to be in it, and it's going to be directed by Quentin Tarantino. Is it going to be written by him too? Do you know? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Yeah. I've never even heard of that. So who fucking knows? That's all I know about it, though. You got just, your pulse on the on finger of the finger America. Of, well, not really, but <laughs> I have my pulse on the finger of America. Everyone in America knows exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yes, you do. Adam is in a podcast, and he's reading news on movies. Yes. All right, my number one. I'm very stoked for, and it's coming out very soon. Uh, and I'm a sucker for this. Everybody in the movie, but it's Pineapple Express. I can't wait. I know. (laughs) I'm so glad that Franco has finally gotten back with the crew, man. He's been he's been he's he's been doing the freaks and geeks, the Spider Man and the Flyboys and and all this shit. Hate him and Spider Man. And it's he was in Freaks and Geeks. He should be part of this crew. The best part of Freaks and Geeks. I love that. I I do love his. I do love his little moment in Knocked Up when he's like, "If this is one of those joke shows, I'm not fucking laughing." Yeah. When she's throwing up. That was funny. But yeah, to see him back as the stoner, well, and it's going to be an action movie. Oh, That's the best part. Well, it's just oh, like, dude, the trailer makes me wit- laugh so fucking hard. Stoners that wit- witness a murder. Oh. And I mean, the part, every time I see it, it makes me laugh is where the guy with the neck break goes, Life. Yeah, yeah. And that's that scene. He that's the guy from shotgun. that's the guy from the uh, uh fist and footway. Or, oh, yeah. or foot and fistway or whatever. Who's also in Tropic Thunder. He's the oh, guy who he's the demolition guy when he's like, Yeah, these palm trees back here, I mean you gotta think these things have been growing for like thirty five years. Look at that. And he's like lit them on fire and there's fire going everywhere. He's like, I'm gonna demolish them about an hour and a half. Makes me feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> Another party like blows up this whole jungle so and he's great. like He's like, Mother Nature's pissing in her pantsuit. And That's then, that same dude. And then he kicks through the window. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like, it's going to be awesome. No, I'm it's sure going to be it great. Well, I love I love the, uh, uh, fuck, what's, what's the one in, where they're, they're hitchhiking? He's like, check this out. And he, James Franco, he puts his hand down his pants, and he puts his thumb out through <laughs> it so it looks like it's a dick. And he's like, yeah. yeah. And then it just, it just shows uh, what's his, uh, Seth, uh, Seth, Seth Rogen. And he yeah. goes, we're... We're not going to get a ride that way. That's <laughs> just, I don't know. It's these little moments. I, like, it I looks just, fucking I'm a sucker great. for those movies, and uh, that one looks especially The fact that it's an awesome. action movie, there was in a uh, episode of Premiere Magazine, uh, like, last month, they had a photo from it of, like, upcoming movies, and the picture of it is, the picture of it is uh, uh, Seth Rogen, and he looks like he's jumping out of a window just fire like a fucking explosion behind him he isn't wearing any pants awesome. he's like just in a, he's in a, like a dress shirt and a tie and briefs and he's carrying James Franco and they're both <laughs> screaming like oh like jumping it's, through the air it's, it seems like an action Wayne's world almost. yeah exactly <laughs> like just fucking ridiculous like, he's I'm a busy wait. man he does a lot of shit and all of it's and all of it's pretty good yeah, I mean in my opinion quality. I just I think it's all really good sure. it's really 
It's really good All right. stuff. Well, we haven't discussed what we're going to do next week, but we'll we'll come up with it and we'll just do it. I don't know. Week. What do you want to do? Let's just let's just go for it right now. Let's go for it right now. Uh, we got the list in front of us. Uh, you want to do Blade Runner? Yeah, let's do Blade Runner. Okay, next week we're going to do Blade Runner uh, with Harrison Ford, directed by, uh, why did I just forget his name? Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, thank you. All right, all right, next week we're going to do Blade Runner. Um, We'll Um, come up with a cool top five. If you have any suggestions or you agree or disagree with anything we said today, please email us at adampodcast at gmail.com. We love the feedback. We need the feedback. Yeah, make us feel special. Yeah, because there wasn't any this week, or normally this would be our listener feedback section. Um, and then we're gonna do hopefully inner space, maybe the burbs, maybe the burbs, but continuation probably inner space of Joe Dante. So uh, next week, Blade Runner, uh, inner space, and top five. There's lots of space going on next week. Yeah, top five something. I don't know. If you have suggestions, give us a ring email. I don't know. Just just let us know what you think a good top five would be for next week. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just figure it out. Uh, Anyway, this has been episode 18. 18. I'm Adam Sherlock. I'm Adam Poulter. And we'll see you next week. Have a good night. Bye.